This program is brought to you by SoundsTrue.com. At SoundsTrue.com, you can find hundreds of downloadable audio learning programs, plus books, music, videos, and online courses and events. At SoundsTrue.com, we think of ourselves as a trusted partner on the spiritual journey, offering diverse, in-depth, and life-changing wisdom. SoundsTrue.com. Many voices, one journey. You're listening to Insights at the Edge. Today my guest is Jeff Foster. Jeff teaches a way out of seeking fulfillment into the future, into the acceptance of all this here and now. His teaching style is direct and uncompromising, and yet full of humanity, humor, and compassion. He belongs to no tradition or lineage and makes his teaching accessible to all. In 2012, Jeff Foster was voted by the Watkins Review to be one of the world's 100 most spiritually influential living people. With Sounds True, Jeff Foster has created two new audio learning programs, The Courage to Love, Meditations for Embracing Everything, and Sacred as You Are, Depression as a Call to Spiritual Awakening. Jeff has also released a new book called The Way of Rest, Finding the Courage to Hold Everything in Love. In this episode of Insights at the Edge, Jeff and I spoke about the obstacles people face in achieving deep rest and how to treat discomfort as a welcome guest and learn how to actually rest in discomfort. We also talked about a desire to want to die and what is at the core of this desire and how this can be a gateway into a deep meditation on the nature of self. Finally, we talked about daring and the type of courage that is required to truly rest. And Jeff read a passage from his new book called Turn Back Right Now. Here's my conversation with someone who is as funny as he is deep, someone I'm proud to be able to call a friend, Jeff Foster. Jeff, with Sounds True, you've written a new book called The Way of Rest. And towards the beginning of the book, you actually write that every great adventure is fueled by rest. And I want to begin, I hope you're sitting back, leaning back in a restful position, by... (laughs) As always. Yeah, by talking about rest. It seems like it's something so needed in our Mm -hmm. culture as a whole, but even within people who are on a a spiritual path. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's every, it's what everyone's looking for, really, deep down, is is rest. I think underneath every question I've ever been asked at every meeting and every retreat I've done really is, is this, this, this question, um, how can I rest? You know, I, I, I look around the world right now, like, um, just going outside and walking through the streets and going into the shopping malls and where people hang out, into the cafes, and... Um, Everyone is so fast these days. Maybe it's well, maybe it's just that I'm really, really slow. But um, <laughs> everyone seems to be running around, you know, um, trying to get places and achieve things. And 
making uh, basically making the future uh, way more important than the present moment. Um, making the goal far more important than where they are. So I think in so many different ways, that's really what, what I teach. Um, what I invite people back to is just a place of, of rest. Um, I invite people to really slow down and um, reconnect with the present moment, with, with where they are, you know, feel their feet on the ground and um, pay attention to their breathing and notice their bodily sensations and take time to just feel their feelings um even if they're uncomfortable and notice the thoughts swirling through their minds instead of um getting so caught up in them so yeah i mean i really believe that that's what deep down everyone is looking for and i know that's what i was desperately looking for like 10 15 years ago um you know i reached this point in my life where i was just so um depressed and so exhausted and i I even reached the point 10, 15 years ago. I can't remember now. It's it's all kind of lost in the fog of time. But, um, you know, I reached the point of wanting to die because I was just so disconnected from myself and so um, attached to becoming something. And and I, looking back, I, what I realize now is I didn't really want to die. I wanted to rest. I didn't really want to die. I wanted to rest. Uh, I just didn't know how to rest, you know, and so this is really the core of what I teach is um, rest, how to rest. And I've been asking the question, is is it even a how? Is is that even the right question? How can I rest? Mm-hmm. Um, really, what I'm inviting people to is actually the place within, deep within themselves, which is already at rest. Actually, the rest is actually already what we are. On, on a much deeper level it's not even a question of how can i reach this future place called rest i mean the mind even makes rest into a goal you know and, then, and paradoxically then we start or ironically uh we start struggling to rest you know we, we even turn rest into a a place to get to so what i'm suggesting is really that rest is our true nature there's something deep within us that is at rest it's always been at rest it's call it consciousness call it awareness call it our true nature call it life itself but it's it's what we are and it's it's always at rest it's always been resting it's not a goal it's um it's our true nature so if we're talking about rest we're talking about who we really are um something that's constant present unchanging unmoving always with us um yeah, uh, so this is what I teach. Although I don't really uh, consider myself to be a teacher, more like a. Um, I think Eckhart Tolle talks about this, more like a an unteacher. Like I. I what un- does it mean unwrap- to be an unteacher? You have to ask Eckhart Tolle about that. Okay, <laughs> it's my sense of humor. As you know, Tammy, I haven't lost my sense of humor, even even with my um, awakening. <laughs> the sense of humor seems to have uh, remained. I'm not sure. That, I'm not sure that's a good thing. You can tell me. I'm into it. I think what you mean by unteacher, or <laughs> in quoting Eckhart, is that you're helping people unlearn something that's obscuring the state of rest. Something like that. Yeah, that's exactly it. You always say things much better than I can. I think you should do this job, really. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think we already we know too much. You know, most people are so stuffed full of 
knowledge, information. We know too much, uh, and we and we feel too little. To quote uh, Charlie Chaplin. Um, yeah, I, I, we've taken on so many false concepts and beliefs and ideas and 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 you know ideas of basically, sec- we've taken on all these secondhand ideas of how we should be. That's basically a simple way of talking about our conditioning, um, how we should be, how we should feel. Um, and so, what I try and do with people like in my books and in my meetings, retreats, is just start to um, really question and even begin to dismantle, deconstruct those um, those ideas, those images we have of how, how we should be. Because mm-hmm. uh, really that's what we're always doing is comparing ourselves with um, basically with, with an image uh, of how we should be, comparing this present moment with, with, with an image of uh, how the present moment should be. And we start to see actually that all these shoulds, these images are actually lies. Um, you know, that we shouldn't, like even in the in the, in the spiritual world, you know, we we seem to get this idea like we shouldn't, I don't know, like we shouldn't feel sad or that we shouldn't have doubts, you know. Um, and because we think that we're supposed to be in this state, this enlightened state where there's no fear, there's no doubts, there's no sadness anymore, but that's just an idea, that's just an image. Um, we get this idea that somehow doubts or sadness or fear or loneliness or these very beautiful energies in us, these feelings that just want to be felt. They're just, um, they're just movements of life. We get this idea that these energies are, are wrong or bad or unspiritual or um, even negative, you know? And uh, so I just try and smash some of those ideas um, and just help people really embrace themselves exactly as they are. So if rest is really what you find people are looking for underneath all mm-hmm. of the questions, they come to your retreats and ask this, that, and the other thing, what's the obstacle? What are the obstacles, plural, for people finding the kind of deep soul rest that you're pointing to in the way of rest? Well, let me just give an example. I was speaking to a woman um, a few months ago, and she was experiencing a lot of pain in her body. And uh, she'd been trying everything to get rid of the pain, every method, every technique, every practice, been to every therapist, all with this idea that she, you know, she, she wants to get rid of, I mean, of course she wants to get rid of the pain. But she was kind of exhausted. It was like it had become this battle um, with herself, this battle with her pain, like the pain had become her enemy, you know, and she was wondering why, why the pain was still there after everything she'd done, why she couldn't get rid of it, because this is always what the mind wants to do is is get rid of. This is always the the mind's question. It's like, how can I get rid of this discomfort? How can I get rid of this pain? How can I get rid of this fear? How can I get rid of this anxiety? Uh, and we can exhaust ourselves. Uh, trying to get rid of these parts of ourselves. And so what I uh, just suggested this, this woman uh, try is just to actually stay with the pain, to actually um, become curious about the pain in her body, uh, to actually uh, bring awareness to it, bring attention to it, without uh, this idea that it should go away, without trying to get rid of it, without trying to make the discomfort go away. And um, so she sat there for a few moments just really feeling into the pain, breathing into it, just trying to welcome it instead of trying to get rid of it, actually trying to 
um, to be with it, to stay with it, to welcome it. Um, and then what happened is, as she stayed with the pain, she started to feel very sad. So I just invited her to just, you know, allow the sadness as well, not not fight the sadness, just begin to trust, what, just begin to trust really whatever was coming up in, in the present moment, in the present moment, without trying to get into a different moment, without making the present moment wrong, which is what we often do. So it was, it was like, trust, trust. And then she started to feel a lot of fear. And so I was like, okay, great. And then feel that as well, you know, allow, allow that in your body as well. And then she was saying how a lot of anger was coming up. And so I was, you know, trust, trust that, allow that, allow that. Um, and then what she started to feel bubbling up from deep within her was just this very powerful sense of, um, uh, it was actually, it was, it was hatred. It was hatred. Um, and she, she was said, Jeff, I just have to be honest with you right now. I just, I just feel like I, I hate, I hate myself i just i i like it was coming from deep within her this just this hatred just wanted to express itself um she's like i, I hate myself so much i just feel like i want to i want to die right now and i just stayed present with her and just said okay like just allow that as well like allow all of this to come up and um and what happened then she just uh she started crying and and uh, she can't she calmed down and and, and, what, and what she was and what she said to me then was jeff it's, it's it's incredible like i've never in my whole life i've never allowed myself to feel that hatred like i've always when i've in the past when i felt that that hatred bubbling up within me i've always just try to put a stop to it and distract myself and I've gone to eat something or read something or do something but this was the first time ever I've actually allowed that hatred to, to move in me and to actually feel it and, and express it and she said it's it's very strange I, I right now I feel more rested and more alive than I've ever felt in, in my life um and I thought that was just incredible like we you know and then she was telling me how as a kid she was never allowed she never allowed herself to feel anger or to feel hatred because of course you know the people around her her parents didn't allow her to to feel that and certainly didn't allow her to express that so she stuffed it down she kind of and that's what she was doing for you know her whole life um it was like pushing down all these very precious parts of herself um so I think what she came to discover was that actually there was enough space in her, and this and this is really what um, this is really what I teach as well. That there's there's so much space in you, you have so much capacity um, for the so-called positive feelings as well as the so-called negative feelings, for the so-called for pleasurable sensations, but also for really uncomfortable sensations. That all of these all thoughts and all feelings really have a have a place in you. Um, they can all um, they can all just be allowed to arise in you, um, in presence, in 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 what you are. It's like what you are is the is the sky, um, and every thought, every sensation, every feeling that arises is like it's just like weather that that comes and it. Um, it can be intense, it can be painful, it can be uncomfortable, but it, it's life. You know, this is really, and this is really what my book is about. It's just like bow to everything, really. 
bow to everything, the, the joy, but also the sadness. It's, it's life. Feelings of bliss and excitement, but also feelings of boredom, even anger, even hatred. They're all expressions of life. They're not, um, they're not impurities. They're not signs there's something horribly wrong with you. Because I think that's where we go so quickly, is it? You know, um, why is this thought here? Why is this feeling here? Why is this sensation here? There must be something wrong with me. I must be doing something wrong. And like, there's never anything wrong with you. But that, I think that that sense that there's something wrong with you, it goes so deep that that, that we've been shamed. Um, you know, we've all been shamed to, to some extent. We've all been taught or we've learned that um, certain thoughts, certain feelings just shouldn't be in us. You know, that the... the, the um, it's that we've we've forgotten our true nature. We've forgotten how much we can actually hold. We've forgotten um, how much capacity the, the how much capacity there actually is in in our in our being in our, in our presence. Um, so that's where the rest comes from. It's just like it's like knowing really that whatever thought, whatever sensation, whatever feeling is arising in you right now is appearing in your experience. It's it's not a mistake. It's not wrong. It's not bad. It's not sinful. It's not unspiritual. It's not a sign that you're far from where you should be. It's not a sign that you're far from healing. It's not a sign that you're far from awakening. That's the mind. That's what the mind is always telling you, that I'm far from where I should be, which is always a lie. Which is always a lie. Uh, if you If you can just turn towards your present embodied experience even if it's uncomfortable like feel the the sadness or the joy feel the the fluttery sensations in your belly or the tight sensations in your throat or the feel the pressure in your head and just you know don't make it wrong turn towards it with this attitude of uh, curiosity and welcoming and um so it's it's the shift in paradigm from the paradigm of the mind which is how can i get rid of how can I get rid of this discomfort? How can I get rid of this fear? How can I get rid of this sadness? To shifting from that paradigm to the paradigm of the of the heart, you could say. Um, or as I um, I was saying in a retreat I recently did in Belgium, it's like um, one way is the way of doing. The mind always wants to do. What can I do to get rid of this? That's the way of doing. It's shifting back into the falling back into the way of rest, which is. Um, it's not what can I do to get rid of this. It's how can I make space for this, this sadness or this fear or this doubt or this feeling of even this feeling of emptiness in me. How can I make room for it? How how can I allow it? How can I um, come to recognize that it's actually life? It's um, it's not a mistake. It's actually there's there's beauty in it. Mm-hmm. There's beauty in it. Now I can imagine Jeff somebody feeling that. I get it that I shouldn't turn away from discomfort and discontent, but actually resting in it. How can I Mm -hmm. rest in it? It feels terrible. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Um, So don't make rest into a, into a goal. Don't make it into a doing, Um, you know, like if, uh, well, if I'm talking with someone and and they say that to me, uh, you know, they say, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. Um, I wouldn't tell them. Okay, you you have to rest. That, that becomes another way that of like shaming them in a way, like because they just go into what well, what's wrong with me? Why can't I rest? 
you have to be very careful about, about like this is the thing like the mind turns everything into a into a goal it will even turn uh, rest oh god now jeff says i have to rest or i have to try and do that and something else i have to do now is rest you know it's <laughs> kind of like the opposite of rest really so um so really the an- the answer is meditation and uh when i'm talking about meditation i'm not talking about um trying to get somewhere the for me true meditation is really it's very 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 simple meditation is just this um inviting your attention into the moment becoming curious becoming fascinated um, as if you were looking at your present experience through the eyes of a child or through the eyes of god just with, with fresh eyes so just instead of trying to get rid of the discomfort instead of trying to make it go away, just become really curious about the discomfort. Like, where do I feel it in my body? Is it in my belly? Is it in my chest? Is it in my head? Bring um, bring this curious, open uh, awareness um, into the discomfort. Uh, feel those sensations in the body. Um, you're not trying to rest. I think that's really important. You're not trying to rest. And, and begin to just allow these sensations to be here. It's like it's like the sense of trust. It's like even though these sensations may feel uncomfortable right now, you know, I trust that they're not a mistake and that they are life. You know, and and you can even um, you can breathe into the in, into the sensations. You can feel or imagine your breath moving into those sensations. It's just a sense of welcome, welcoming, welcoming whatever is here, treating the discomfort as a welcome guest. Um, and also you could, you could notice, you know, if there's a part of you, of course, that wants to run away from it, you notice yourself, um, becoming distracted from the discomfort, you know, going off into your mind, thinking about the past, thinking about the future. I think it's important not to make that into something, not to, not to call that wrong either. You know, that's, that's just, it's an old habit, you know, it's, um, running away from discomfort. It's an old, old, old habit. This running away from ourselves, running away from the thing that hurts in us, you know, it's like that, that the self-abandonment, it's such a habit, it's such a habit. Um, so we can just notice, you know, we can notice if we've become distracted, if we're running away and we can just um, acknowledge that and gently bring ourselves back to, back to um, our bodies, back to the, you know, the discomfort, the sadness, the fear, breathe into it. Um, without trying to make it go away. Um, yeah, so I think it's really important not to, not to make rest into a goal. Trying to rest actually makes you feel worse sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. But the mind, the mind turns everything into a goal. You know, all these wonderful spiritual ideas of being present, being in the now. You know, the mind even turns presence into a goal. I've, I've seen many people do that. You know, it's very tricky the mind because it's like, so the mind, the mind, the mind gets this idea. Okay, I, I have to be present with the discomfort. Okay, so I'm going to be present with this with this discomfort. But it's like then you, you're only being present with the discomfort because you secretly want the discomfort mm-hmm. to go away. You know, there's that secret agenda. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be present. I'm gonna be in the now. Oh, I'm I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling angry. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the now. 
I'm going to be in the moment. I'm going to be conscious of this. I'm going to be aware. You know, it's and and so easily. The only reason we're doing that is because we secretly want the discomfort to go away, want the fear to go away, want the the sadness to go away. So then actually, you're not really being present. That that's resistance. That's that's resistance disguised as you being present. So really, um, it's being present without an agenda. You know, it's. I, sometimes I tell people it's like go go the opposite way. It's like I'm I'm going to be present with this sadness, not to make it go away, but actually to allow it to stay. Like go the other way, to actually allow to say to the to turn to the discomfort, to turn to the fear, to turn to the doubt, to turn to the that empty feeling or that longing, instead of trying to make it go away. And of course, when you're doing that, you start to feel really powerless. You start to feel really powerless when you're trying to make something go away and it stays. You feel really powerless. But by just, you know, saying to that that ache, that contracted place, that tight place, that tenderness, to saying to it, hey, like, you can be here, like, actually allowing it to stay. Instead of trying to make it go away, allowing, hey, like, you can stay. Even though you're uncomfortable, you know, then you, you actually start to feel much more empowered. Because you're not at war with your experience at that point. You're not split. You know, you're not split from your experience. You're, you're working with, you're working with um, what's presented to you. You're working with the sadness instead of going to war with it. I think it's really, um, it's that going to war with yourself that becomes so painful. I, I, I really believe that the greatest pain of life actually is, is that self-abandonment, is running away from yourself. It's like, there's discomfort here, but you don't want there to be discomfort. You're, you're, it's like you're splitting yourself between the the discomfort here and the image of the person without discomfort. You know, you're the one with discomfort and you want to be the one without discomfort. You're the one with sadness. You want to be the one without sadness. You're the one with doubts. You want to be the one who feels certainty. So you're literally, you're splitting yourself. You know, you're tr- you're comparing yourself with an image and then you're trying to uh, move towards the image, which is just a dream. So um, that's why I invite people to do is let go of the dream, smash the dream, and turn towards the reality, turn towards your embodied experience, even if it's uncomfortable. Begin to to bow to it, to honor it, you know, to to find the sacredness in it. So yeah, we're not even making being present. Or resting into a into a goal, and I think a lot of people like go into meditation with this idea, even this idea that if they meditate, they'll feel more relaxed, right? So they even make relaxation into a goal, but so quickly, and, and inevitably, this is what will happen: the mind starts comparing you with the image. You know, you look into your present experience, and you notice. A restless feeling. And the mind goes, well, I don't want to feel restless. I want to feel relaxed. So you start to like shame yourself with the image of relaxation. So what I suggest is just like get rid of the image, get rid of the goal, get rid of the dream. Even if the dream is something beautiful like relaxation. Lovely. But so quickly you you start resisting your present experience because you want to get to the real you want to get to the destination. You know, you resist where you are because you want to get there. You want to get to the there. So um, 
turn towards the uh, the restless feeling, turn towards the um, the sadness or the or the fear. It's as um, I think it was Rilke who said, um, you know, everything that's troubling you is just something that is it's coming. I'm paraphrasing here, but it's something that's coming f- for your love. Even this restless feeling, this sad feeling, this this doubt, this pain is it's not working against you. It's it's actually coming for your love, coming for your attention, coming for your allowing. You know, and and so this is what I often say to people. Actually, it's it's not even about you um, um, moving to a place of rest. Rest is not the destination. This is why this is why uh, the title of my book is a bit of a play on words. It's the way of rest. Rest is not um, a destination. Rest is the way. But the mind so quickly makes rest into a destination. It's not the way to rest. You know, I could have easily called the book The Way to Rest. It would have been a very different book. This is the way of rest. Rest is the way. You can actually rest in restlessness. And that just means being present with restlessness, allowing it, giving it a place within you, like seeing it not as an enemy, but as a welcome friend. The rest actually is in the allowing. The rest is in the permission. I talk a lot in the book about permission, giving permission for every thought, every sensation, every feeling. The rest is in the the love, actually. And so the, the subtitle of the book is of, is um, finding the courage to hold everything in love. That, that sense of instead of trying to fix your experience, actually just holding your experience the way the way a mother would hold, you know, her her newborn child. She wouldn't try and fix it or make it into a different child, you know, or say I say to the child, like, I don't want you. You're you're restless. I want the relaxed child. This is what, but this is what we do to ourselves when we create these goals. You know, I don't want the sad child. I want the, the joyful child. And then joy becomes a goal. Bliss becomes a goal. And there's plenty, you know, there's plenty of spiritual teachers out there who want to sell you um, bliss and bliss and joy. And, you know, you have to be up like that. That becomes uh, that's what spirituality, I think, has become for many people is like, you know, there's this goal of being blessed out and happy and joyful all the time. And that's it just doesn't seem truthful to me yet. Like, yes, sometimes feelings of joy and bliss and excitement can come and that's wonderful and we can allow them, but our being is so much bigger than that. We're capable of holding so much. We can hold the joy, of course, but we can also hold the, the sadness. Like both are our children, you know, we, yes, we can hold the excitement and the bliss, but we can also hold the boredom and the doubt and, and the fear. Like if we start to see all of these movements as like, our children, then we can begin to see that that old paradigm of, you know, how can I get rid of, basically it was like, how can I get rid of my children? It's like violent in a way. How can I get rid of the the sadness and move towards bliss? Because bliss is more spiritual apparently. Well, no. What if sadness is also equally as spiritual? What if doubt is as spiritual as certainty? What if um, discomfort, you know, uh, numbness actually is deeply spiritual, sacred even. So really, it's it's, it's really about just coming to see the sacredness in um, in this this beautifully uh, messy, gooey, yucky, yummy like human experience. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I, I never, I never know whether I'm answering your que- answering your questions or not. I just kind of start talking and then stop at some point and hope that somewhere in there there was some grain of uh, 
of an answer. I believe so. And <laughs> I'm glad you believe. I'm glad you believe. Yes. <laughs> You're listening to Insights at the Edge, produced by Sounds True. We welcome you to learn more about our collection of more than a thousand learning programs and receive three free gifts just for visiting us. Go to soundstrue.com backslash free. That's soundstrue.com backslash free. And now back to Insights at the Edge. The book, The Way of Rest, is divided into these 175 short segments, short little sort of prose poems. And there was a section towards the end of the book that really got my attention that I want us to talk about. And it was called Why You Want to Die Sometimes. Mm. And I think I wanted to talk about this because it's something I've felt. You mentioned that 10 to 15 years ago, this was a big theme in your own life. And it's something mm -hmm. people don't talk about very often. So it's a taboo. We're not allowed to talk about why we want to die sometimes mm. without people calling the suicide hotline. And mm -hmm. it's not even that necessarily we're quote unquote suicidal, but there's mm -hmm. just this sense of, God, I just want to die. And you mm. mentioned earlier in this conversation that it was the part of you at that time in your life that was really looking mm. for rest. And I, I want to mm. read a little bit of what you write. Here's what you write. Mm. The urge to die is the natural urge to shed the illusion of the separate self, to let go of the exhausting burden of me and my life. Use the thought, I want to die, to begin a deep meditation on the nature of self. Oh, did I write that? You wrote that. Very good. Yeah, Ooh, very, very wow. un unteacher-likely brilliant. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't take credit for anything I write. Um, I don't know where it comes from, really. It's a go. It's it's my ghostwriter. Okay, could you have your ghost speaker now address? <laughs> speaker. Use yeah. the thought. I want to die to begin a deep meditation on the nature of self. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is, um, I think it's really, I think it's really important to talk about this because I think it's, it's too much of a taboo. Um, I actually went on a radio show once with a, well, let's just say quite a well-known, um, uh, spiritual teacher. And we were talking about, um, allowing and moving into this place of acceptance and allowing our thoughts and allowing our feelings, even the, even the difficult ones, even the painful ones. And I, you know, I said, yeah, like, and even, even these deep longings, like the, even the longing to die, like even that just comes to us for love. Even that just comes to us to be loved, to be allowed. And the, 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 um, the teacher, the interviewer, he was like, Oh no, 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 no. Uh, we don't talk about that basically. And I was like, really? Because surely that's the part of us that needs the most love, the most love, you know? Um, I think, well, it's, it's like I say in the book, you know, the, the longing to die. Um, first of all, I, I think we all feel it 
at some point at some point in our lives you know in some form um i know i did many times in my life uh, that 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 feeling that thought i want to die came to visit so many times um i i think it i think a lot of people feel this sometimes a lot of people don't admit it to themselves or, or, or don't talk about it uh there's a lot of shame i think there's a lot of shame surrounding the urge to die you know and, and often you know when we do try and share it with people we're met with such fear even panic and people rush in and try to fix us try to give us solutions try to or, or they say oh no 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 no, don't 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 say that or don't feel that which doesn't really help which just makes us feel even worse which just adds to the shame that there's something wrong with me you know um so what i came to realize was uh the longing to die really is the longing to live um misunderstood by the mind um, I mean, that was, that was certainly true for me years ago. Like I, I reached this point where I, I was just so exhausted with, basically I was so exhausted with myself. I was so exhausted with, um, or rather so exhausted from running away from myself. So exhausted with the fight against myself, the fight against my present experience, always running away from my thoughts, running away from my feelings, running away from my anxiety, running away from my fear, running away. And I was so exhausted and I, it's like, um, I think deep down, really, I just, I wanted to rest and I just didn't know how. I wanted to rest. I wanted to be at peace. I wanted to rest and I just didn't know how. And there was no one around me who was showing me. Like, um, I didn't have any, I didn't have any teachers or, 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 you know, or anyone around me who had found rest within themselves. So I just... So my mind, my mind came to this conclusion that, well, if I, if I kill myself, if I kill the body, if I kill the body, if I end the, the body, then I can rest. It was really about finding rest. Um, but for some reason, you no, know, I didn't, and I'm, 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 you know, I'm happy. I'm so happy. I, I didn't, I didn't, um, take that thought literally. I have to kill myself. I didn't take it literally. I didn't end the body, but I carried on living and I, um, you know, and over the course of many years, I began to find find that rest within myself. But I thought I could only previously. I thought I could only find that through through dying, um, or rather through killing the body. And I, I began to find rest actually in presence. And the rest came through beginning uh, step by step to just allow allow myself to feel whatever I felt, to allow my thoughts. Also, also not to try and stop my thoughts, because for many years I'd been trying to silence the mind you know because that's some of these spiritual teachers were telling me i had to have a silent mind so i would sit in meditation for hours trying to silence the mind making that into a goal and of course the more i tried to silence the mind the more noisy the mind would become and i thought god there really is something wrong with me my mind is so noisy um so the more i just began to uh, actually even allow the mind allow the mind to be quiet or noisy allow allow thoughts to appear and disappear instead of instead of going to war with them instead of trying to silence them instead of trying to get rid of them just allowing thoughts to come and go like like clouds in the sky like waves in the ocean and also beginning to allow uh my feelings um i, I started to become curious once again about my present experience uh you know i should begin to, to feel my pain to feel my sadness to feel my fear instead of running away instead of numbing myself 
Um, so I started to feel less and less. I started to feel like I wanted to to die, actually. Um, and more and more, I started to feel like I wanted to live. Um, so yeah, so really, the, the the longing to die. It's what is it? It's the longing to rest. It's the longing to be present. It's the longing to shed the false. It's the, it's the longing to be real. You know, it's the longing to. Um, stop pretending it's the longing to stop living someone else's truth it's, it's the longing for truth as well to discover your own first-hand truth to be authentic to be real to to stop playing a role to stop um pretending to be something that you're not that's what long, the longing to die really contains is, is you know, it's the longing to longing for authenticity the long, longing it's actually and again, it's the it's the absolute paradox. But I really feel this, at least in my own experience, I really felt this to be true. The long my longing to die was my longing to live completely misunderstood, completely misunderstood. Um. So when you know when people come to me these days, I've had so many so many encounters like like this with with, with people. People come to me and they. Um, and this happened on a retreat recently, you know, this, this, this young guy stood up on a retreat and he was like, I just have, I have to say right now, I just feel, really feel like I want to die, you know, and this was on a retreat of like a hundred people. And, and, um, I think he had been feeling that there was something wrong with him, you know, because he, everyone else around him seemed to be feeling peaceful and relaxed and restful. And there he was feeling that he wanted to die. And, I was so happy actually on the retreat that he that he expressed that he didn't hold that in. He was just so incredibly honest. I was I just said to him, "Wow, you know, like thank you, like thank you for your courage and thank you for your honesty and and for giving voice to that to that part of you, you know." And I didn't make him wrong. I didn't shame him. I didn't tell him, "Oh, you shouldn't be feeling that." I didn't tell him, "Oh, you're in your mind." I didn't tell him, "Oh, you're in your ego." I didn't tell him that. I didn't make him feel there was something wrong with him. I think that was so important, you know. I didn't I didn't react to him with fear. Um it was more like thank you and thank you for giving voice to that part of you. Um it's it's just something within you that wants to be felt. And I think the paradox is that many of us are af- afraid to feel, really really feel into that longing to die because there's a superstition almost that if we truly allow ourselves to feel into it, that we'll act on it. And that was always my fear. If I really allow myself to feel deeply into this longing, if I really allow myself to feel deeply into this feeling, then I will act on it. And actually what I discovered over the years, the, actually it was the opposite. The more I, the more space I made in myself, the more I actually dropped into this place of allowing, like allowing thoughts and feelings, even allowing this this part of me that wanted to die, it actually felt less and less that I had to act on it. It felt more and more that it just, it had a home in me, actually. And that it it was something that all all human beings feel at some point. Um, It wasn't, shameful it wasn't even dark it wasn't dangerous it wasn't even unspiritual it was just a part of me 
you know, sometimes the, the longing to die would come to visit. It would come, it would stay for a while, and it would pass. And like trusting that I didn't have to act on it. I didn't even have to get rid of it. Like that was the relief. I didn't have to squash it. I didn't have to kill it. But I could just know that um, it was just a part of me. It was like, it was a part of me. It was it was that young child in me who just felt like they wanted to run away, like they want they wanted to escape, that they didn't want to be here. It was that part of me that doesn't want to be here. And we all feel that sometimes to a lesser or a greater extent. There's that part of you that doesn't want to be here, right? So, I mean, it, it can come in very mild forms. Like, I don't, want to, I don't want to be in this moment. I want to be in a different moment. That's like the mild form of it. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this moment. I want to be in a different moment. And it's extreme form. It's like, I don't want to be here on this planet. I don't want to be here in this body. You know, I don't want to be here in this life. That's the, but it's the same... Um, it's that same logging. It's it's um, it's that part of you that um, doesn't want to be here. Basically, doesn't doesn't trust the present moment. So I think it's just really important not to make that even not even to make that part of you wrong. You know, otherwise we we think that um, allowing our our experience means getting rid of the part that doesn't allow. We think that trust means, in order to trust, I have to get rid of the part that doesn't trust. So what I'm saying, basically, I mean, in, in this book, is that there's this deeper trust in which even the part of you that doesn't trust can be trusted, can be allowed. There's this deeper sense of allowing or acceptance in which even the part of you that doesn't allow or doesn't want to allow or doesn't accept, you know, even the resistance in you, even the, the non-acceptance in you, is also beautiful it's also sacred it's also a precious part of you it's a it's a welcome guest um so yeah the longing to die um i just think it's very misunderstood i I think it's the i really believe it's the longing to live um misunderstood now, in the, in the quote that I, I read, you wrote, use the thought, I want to die, to begin a deep meditation on the nature of self. Talk mm. about that aspect, how it can be a gateway to this inquiry about the nature of self. Mm. Well, I'm always reminded of um, Eckhart Tolle's story, you know, his... Um, he, he, he. I mean, I, I've always related to his to his journey. It's In a way, it's quite similar to mine. He, you know, he reached this point where he he just couldn't go on. He didn't feel he could, he could go on, um, at least in the way he had been going on. And he reached this point where he he felt like, yeah, he wanted to kill himself. He wants to die. And then this question was born in him. Well, wait a second. Like, are there two of me? So there's a self and I want to kill the self. But then who's the one who wants to kill the self? Is Is there the self and the one who wants to kill it? Like, how can there be two of me? You know, how can there be two of me? So really, the thought I want to die, you know, at the root of that question, well, who wants to die? It it really can just draw you back into this question, who am I? I mean, this is really where we're going with this is coming back to this, the, the most important question, the first question, the original question, who am I? Who am I? And and this is this is really the question at the very heart of meditation. Who am I? Um, 
you, in a way, you could say meditation itself is is a living answer to this question: Who am I? Who am I? You know, in, am am I my thoughts? So you start to look into your present experience. What you what you notice is your thoughts are always coming and going. Your thoughts are always coming and going. So are you your thoughts? Well, I can be aware of my thoughts coming and going. So there's there's an awareness here. There's something here that, in any moment, in this moment, can look at thoughts, can notice thoughts, can say, oh look. Thoughts doing this, thoughts doing that. Oh, look, the mind is noisy right now. Oh, look, the mind is quiet right now. So the question is, what what is that? The question, who am I, can draw you back deeply into this, this space of awareness. Who who am I? Well, thoughts come and go, and I, I can notice thoughts coming and going. So thoughts can't be who I truly am. Am I am I the breath? I mean, you could even begin with the breath. Well, the breath rises and falls. I can notice the breath rising. I can notice the breath falling. So am I the breath? Well, no, I I can observe the breath. I can notice the breath. I can be present as the breath rises and falls, but that's not who I am. Are my sounds? Well, I can I can hear all the sounds around me right now. You know, the sound of this voice, the sound of the air conditioning, the sound of cars going, you know, um, cars moving in the in the background. So I can be aware of, sounds coming and going so i am not those sounds but i can be aware of sounds sensations in the body you know i can be aware of sensations in the body right now painful sensations pleasurable sensations i can be aware of you know a a tight feeling in the belly or um, a sense of pressure in the in the head or a tightness in the shoulders i can be aware of these sensations but these sensations sensations are part of the world of the ever-changing, um, always coming, always going. So I can't, who I truly am, um, I'm not trapped in sensations, I'm not trapped in thoughts, I'm not trapped in feelings, I'm not trapped in sounds. You know, I'm, I'm in a sense, I'm bigger than thoughts, sensations, feelings. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the awareness behind all of this. I'm, I'm that which uh, I contain I'm the space for thoughts as they come and go, feelings as they come and go, sounds as they come and go. So the question, who am I, kind of can begin to draw you back into this sense of spaciousness, this, this, this sense of being the container of your experience, being that which holds the present moment. You hold thoughts and feelings. You you can actually embrace thoughts and feelings. Um, so, you know, you begin to come out of the past and future and you drop back into the the present moment and what you start to realize actually is in the present moment it's kind of okay here you know you come out of the story of my life the past and future and you drop back into life itself which is only ever now the place where breathing is happening right now the place where these um words are being heard the place where feelings are being felt the place where the heart is beating right now this is um life it's life you drop out of the story of my life and you drop back into all there is all there ever is actually which is this moment which is which is life you start to feel your how alive you actually are so this was this was really how i how i healed from suicidal depression i I realized that my whole life i've been stuck in the past and future i've been you know i hadn't hadn't really been connected with with this moment um 
so the, these days i'm just so fascinated with um with this moment really uh i'm so fascinated with this is this is this 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 question like what's it like to be alive it's kind of always burning in me i it's it's like i lost all my answers and all all that was left was this kind of fascinating i'm fascinated i looking at this moment as if it was brand new it's it's um i became fascinated with my joy but also with my pain i became fascinated with my excitement but also fascinated with my boredom fascinated with thoughts fascinated with the breath as it rises and falls fascinated with sounds all around me I stopped being basically I stopped being an expert and I became an amateur again I, I love this idea of freedom there's not so much freedom in being an amateur you know I um the expert knows too much the expert is so stuck in their their knowledge and so they stop looking they they lose um fascination they lose their curiosity i think meditation really is it's all about becoming fascinated again becoming curious again that sense of um zen mind beginner's mind you know uh, looking into your present experience with fresh eyes um dropping this agenda of like trying to fix yourself trying to fix this moment or change this moment even dropping this um the agenda of like trying to get rid of your discomfort your pain your fear and instead drenching your present experience with this fascinated curious awareness um it's like falling in love with yourself as you are yeah as you are so i um you know looking back i'm i'm so grateful that i got to that place of wanting to die i got to that i got to that place of wanting to die and i realized now it wasn't a mistake it wasn't a mistake and it um because then what what it ignited in me is this this curiosity this you know this question became so alive in me like who am i actually who is it that wants to die who is it that wants to live actually who is it that wants to live not who is it that wants to die who who is it that wants to live now jeff in preparing for this conversation i went you through pre- the book i prepared the way of you rest prepared. i prepared and i found several small sections that i just loved one was called the hidden invitation of loneliness another the call of the warrior and then the part that I actually want to request that you read for our listeners towards the end of the book, it's called Turn Back Right Now! Exclamation point. Turn Back Right Now. And I'm wondering if you'd read it for us. I certainly will. If you want to feel good all the time, please forget about waking up. If you want to wake up, forget about feeling good. If you long for the raw truth of existence, please prepare for the shattering of your status quos. Prepare for heartbreak, the devastation of dreams. Everything you know about yourself will be smashed into a million pieces. Prepare to allow an unimaginable sorrow 
the sorrow of lonely creatures calling out from distant universes to move through you, to penetrate to your very core. And prepare for joys so unbearable, you'll wonder why your heart hasn't exploded yet. Prepare for love to drain your tear ducts. Prepare to fall on your knees time and time again in awe, in horror, in gratitude, in the deepest calm. Prepare to never be prepared again. If you want to feel good all the time, if you want pleasure without pain, joy without sorrow, light without night, if you want a feel-good spirituality, please, I beg you, turn back. Turn back right now. And interestingly, I didn't ask you to read that at the beginning of our conversation. It's happened here at the end. And it comes at the end of the book, too. So it's too late. You, you don't want to tell people to turn back at the beginning. No, you don't. Wait until wait until they're um, all the way into it and then uh, tell them that they should have turned back, but it's too late. Okay, one final question for you, Jeff. There's yes. a certain kind of daring that mm. you point to again and again in The Way of Rest, and even the subtitle, Finding the Courage to Hold Everything in Love. Mm. What is this daring part of The Way of Rest? Well, I think it really takes courage to meditate. And again, by meditate, I don't mean do anything fancy or special. It's no special it's not even a technique. Meditation just means turning towards your present experience, staying with it, even if it's uncomfortable. Um, drenching your present experience in this just this fascinated awareness. Um, meditation is not a doing. It's more like a, a looking, a looking again. Um, so I think that really takes courage, you know, to stay with yourself. Especially in a culture, you know, like the one we live in, where there's a million distractions. You know, we're given a million distractions. Everyone's running away from themselves. In a world where everyone's running away from themselves, it takes courage to stay. In a world where people are running away to, to their mobile phones, you know, people don't allow themselves these days. Just, just like a moment of discomfort, a moment of boredom a moment of anxiety because they, you know, before they know it so unconsciously, so habitually, they're abandoning themselves. They're abandoning their experience, you know, and, and moving towards the, the distraction, the, the addiction, whether it's a phone, like shopping, eating, drugs, whatever it is, alcohol. Even, um, you know, I speak to a lot of people who even use spirituality as a distraction, even use uh, spiritual practices as a distraction instead of actually staying with their present embodied experience instead of staying with their pain staying with their boredom staying with their sadness becoming curious about it drenching it with awareness you know beginning to welcome it instead of staying with their experience they turn to you know a, a spiritual practice or, or um you know they go in the watch a spiritual youtube video or something or they buy a sounds true book um, joking. It's a joke, by the way. It's funny. Nothing wrong with that. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're given a million distractions and, and, and also a million solutions. You know, there's plenty of people out there who are selling you solutions. 
you know, there's there's even books, there's courses, there are retreats with titles like that. How to be free from anxiety, how to be free from fear, how to never doubt ever again, you know, how to how to get rid of your sadness, how to only feel bliss, how to only feel joy. So we're sold all these solutions. And then you start to wonder actually if it's not these solutions that are creating the problem, that are actually making us hate ourselves, hate ourselves the way we are, shame ourselves for having the doubt, for having the fear, for having the sadness. So we're sold all these images, these these solutions. So I think it takes a lot of courage actually to say to the solutions, the promises, hey, thank you, but no. To say to the distractions, and there's a million of them, thank you, um, but no, thank you for for trying to lead me away from my experience. But but no, I want to, you know, I, I want to turn towards myself. I want to um, stay with this sadness, stay with this fear, stay with this doubt, stay with this burning in the belly, stay with this this shaky feeling in the <clears throat> in the gut, stay with this contraction in the in the throat to actually bring some love to it. And love is just attention to bring some attention to it, to breathe into it. Um, I think it takes some courage. So that courage is not, um, courage is not the absence of doubt or the absence of fear. Um, courage is actually, this. just this, it's there in this willingness to, to become curious about your experience, to, to not run away, to not abandon yourself for some for some promise um, of a future, you know. So, I mean, this in the book I'm, I talk about this this courage a lot, this willingness to turn turn towards your so-called imperfections, you know, your doubts, your fears, your pains, your um your longings and actually illuminate them, bless them instead of seeing them as wrong or bad or evil or dark or negative or sinful or unspiritual. Instead of trying to get rid of them, um, bless them with attention, with this welcoming. For me, that's, that's the very definition of, of courage. I find, you know, the people who come to my retreats, I just, I just completed a, a seven day retreat in Belgium. Um, and by the end, I was just amazed at, at, at their courage, you know, just for sitting there for seven days uh, with themselves without any, any distractions. And for some of them, very, very painful feelings were coming to the surface because we, you know, we created a very, a safe space a safe space where they they weren't going to be judged or shamed or ridiculed or or even fixed. They weren't even being gonna they won't they wouldn't even be give be given answers. Um, you know, for some people, they, a lot of very old you know painful feelings were coming up from childhood, feeling deep feelings of unworthiness, deep feelings of unlovability. Um, but this was wonderful because these feelings they they just wanted to to come and be felt. And be celebrated, actually, not be destroyed, not be annihilated, not not be uh, not be fixed. So I think it, it just it takes a lot of courage to to sit there um, while these difficult these difficult feelings are coming. Um, 
And maybe there's a voice in your head telling you that, telling you to run away, telling you that this shouldn't be happening, telling you that you shouldn't be feeling this. And it takes a lot of courage, I think, to, to hear those voices in your head, those old voices of shame, the voices that are telling you there's something wrong with me, I'm doing it wrong, this feeling shouldn't be here, you know, thought going off into the future, going off into the past, distraction, distraction. And it takes a lot of courage to, to say to those voices, hey, voices, hey, mind, I see you, you know, and you're not going to control me anymore. You know, thank you for offering. It's like saying to the mind, thank you for offering me solutions. Thank you for offering me distractions. Thank you for trying. Thank you for telling me I should be somewhere other than where I am. Thank you for telling me my experience should be different. I know you're only trying to help. Because um, don't forget, even that the mind is not the enemy. It's just trying to help. It's trying to change. It's trying to change you. It's, it's making suggestions that you, you know you should be different. So I think I think it takes a lot of courage to to say to the mind, um, "Thank you for your suggestions, mind," and I'm staying right here. And for me, that's that's courage. Courage isn't necessarily you know the the big muscly hero going off and slaying the dragon and blood everywhere and like that's not necessarily courage um courage could look like you know you as you are uh sitting you know as uh, with fear and just for a moment not running away and just turning towards that fear breathing into it and saying saying to it hey fear like you can be here you can stay saying to that the fearful one the sad one you know the um the lonely one inside of you the one who feels unworthy all these beautiful parts of you saying to them you know what right now i'm not going to run away from you i'm here i'm here and you're welcome to sit with me and I realize now you're not mistakes. You're not working against me. You're not impurities. You're not, you're not even imperfections. You are also life. That's the voice of courage right there. It's like you are also life. Everything within you is life. It's all life. It's all life. Like you're so alive, you know? You're so alive. Whether there's joy or sorrow, excitement, boredom, bliss, whatever is moving in you, it's, it's all it's all life, and therefore it's all sacred. Um, so for me, that's that's just an image of courage, you know, it's like turning towards your present experience. And even if your mind is screaming, "Get away! Get away! Get away! Get away! Run away! Run away! Run away! Run away!" and the mind is only trying to protect you, and saying to the mind, "Thank you, mind, but I'm committed to. Uh, I'm remembering this this ancient commitment." to be with myself, to not abandon myself, to not abandon myself when I most need myself, to not abandon myself in this time of pain, in this time of fear, to, to stay with myself so I'm not split, so I'm whole. Even though I'm hurting, even though this aches, even though this is uncomfortable, even though this is intense, you know, I know this is, uh, this is life. And I think this is what we all long for, really, deep down is to be present with our, to be with ourselves in the most intimate way, to be with ourselves. It's, um, 
I really believe it's not some, we think we're looking for some far off utopia, you know, for the, the gold at the end of the rainbow for this, you know, we, we think we're looking for something that's, that's far away. But really, uh, I really believe deep down what we're really longing for is just the sense of being with ourselves, you know, being, being with ourselves. It's, um, it's so simple, really. It almost sounds too simple. That's the, to me, that, that's the true meaning of wholeness is to, be, is to be with yourself. So it's not half of you over here and half of you over there. You know, the, the bad one over here and the good one over there, the unenlightened one over here and the enlightened one over there that one day you'll reach. It's to be with yourself as you are, to turn towards your discomfort, your pain, your, your so-called imperfections and um, drench them with love, with, which is attention, which is attention to no longer abandon yourself. I think that's the greatest. I really believe that's the greatest joy. That's the greatest joy is uh, sometimes is to be with your sadness, even though that sounds like a complete um, paradox to the mind. Because what, what I've come to discover is joy is not the opposite of sadness. It's not how do I get away from this joy? How do I get away from this sadness and get to joy? Joy is actually there in the in the embrace, in the embrace of the sadness or the embrace of the doubt or the embrace of the fear, whatever is here to actually be the embrace of it. To say this is also life and this is also welcome and this is also a beautiful part of um, who I am. I think that's where the joy really is. The, the, the joy inherent in it's just in just the sense of being alive as every child knows there's there's joy actually inherent in the sense of being alive joy is not a destination it's actually here um contained within within presence i've been speaking with jeff foster he's the author of the new book the way of rest finding the courage to hold everything in love with Sounds True, he's also created two new audio programs, Sacred As You Are, Depression as a Call to Spiritual Awakening, and The Courage to Love, Meditations for Embracing Everything. Jeff, I always love talking with you and consider you a friend. Thank you so much. Thank you for your daring, weird, special way. <laughs> oh, Tammy, thank you so much. And, uh, I bow to the daring, weird, special one in uh, in you and um, and in everyone who's listening. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for being with us. Soundstrue.com, many voices, one journey. <laughs>